Welcome to Get Off the Treadmill podcast for business leaders, where we are relentless about helping small business owners get off the treadmill and make meaning too. I'm Sandy Corrigan, and we are going to dive into another conversation that helps us make more money in less time, get off the treadmill, and rehumanize every business leader by giving you your brain back. Welcome to another episode of Get Off the Treadmill podcast for business leaders. I am joined by Chuck Blakeman today, and we're going to talk about dual tracking. So Chuck, why don't you tell us what that is? Yeah, I'm excited. This is where the rubber begins to meet the road. Uh, we're going to talk about dual tracking, and it's going to lead us right into why businesses fail. And the reason so, we're talking about this is the last podcast, we talked about, well, how do I keep making chairs, but eventually create a plan to not make all the chairs, be able to get off the treadmill, be able to create a business where I go from income producer to business owner, right? So we want to talk about why we want to talk about dual tracking. Yeah, dual tracking marries right into the concept of the tyranny, the urgent versus the priority, the important. So both of those things have to be dual tracked if you're ever going to get off the treadmill. Most people do not dual track when they start. They just work with the tyranny of the urgent and say, I'm going to work really hard and hope something good happens. And I got a mortgage to pay, so I'm going to make me a chair and sell me a chair and get, get a check. And, and we just get into that treadmill kind of environment where we're just not, we're not thinking about the future at all. We're just trying to pay this month's bills. And as soon as we do that, it teaches us that next month, we just need to pay this month's bills. And the month after that, we just make, need to pay this much bills. And you, you can see it happening, the treadmill. We're just getting to that mode where we're just living by the tyranny of the urgent. So dual tracking says, how do I use one activity to, uh, to make money today while I'm also using that activity to set me up to, to have a business that makes money down the road? One of the best ways you can do this is to write down what you're doing. We talked about this in a, uh, another podcast, four or five podcasts ago. I'll just briefly talk about it. But when I did lunches every Tuesday in this fancy restaurant, we'd have 50, 75 people show up. And I could have just gone and done a lunch on how to run a business. That would have been fine. But instead, uh, what I did was I, I put together a, a, leader's, a, a handout, a leader's guide, and I held a little handheld microphone and recorded every one of them. So we got 100 plus 125 of these things in a can for anybody who wants to do this. Any uh, new facilitator starting three to five clubs, it didn't cost me that much more time. And think of all those things I would have lost. Those could be repurposed into podcasts. Uh, there's all kinds of things we could do with those lunches. So repurposing things that way is a great way to do it. As you're making your chair, write down your chair process and begin to form a process so that you can teach somebody else how to do it. If you're doing anything in your business, write it down and analyze it and see if it's actually getting you somewhere. Don't just sell a chair. Ask yourself, how often do I sell a chair? To whom do I sell a chair? How many people do I have to talk to before I sell a chair? All of that data can begin to set you up for a business down the road. We think that kind of stuff isn't important unless you've already got a fancy business with 10 or 12 or 15 or 100 people in it. And then all of a sudden we need reports. Nope, we need them right away. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, I was thinking, especially in this, we're in this information age right now where content is incredibly, you know, distributed throughout the globe, right? So anybody that knows anything, if they're smart, should be recording what they're doing, you know, on paper, on a video, you know, even if it's rough, 
because that could be shared in a monetized way, right? You like, I I think of business owners thinking, well, I'm not a teacher. I'm not an educator. I'm not a presenter yet. If you get them talking about what they do and they're passionate about it, it's engaging. And just think about every single business owner could create content that's that they could monetize. I mean, that just one, one, one way right there. Someday they might be able to be bringing in, you know, considerable revenue and not make chairs anymore or, you know, make, make new kinds of chairs or some new thing. And, you know, I just think of all the ways that we have created possibility in this age that we live in for business owners to be able to have multiple streams of income through what they do. Yeah. A great example of that is this, this couple that I helped who own a uh, retail and wholesale wholesale uh, carpet store. For 22 years, they were doing two and a half million dollars a year in gross revenues, and it provided a nice, tidy little lifestyle for them. And they told me they were really successful and really happy. Uh, and that's what we all tell everybody. How, how's business? Business is great. And that's supposed to mean that my life is great. But as we talked about what it means to have true wealth, Samantha, the woman who owned the, the store, she understood that all she had was riches. She had money. But wealth, as we've talked about before, is a combination of time and money. Well, freedom, and it is freedom. I mean, wealth is freedom. Freedom is the ability to choose, and time and money gives us the ability to choose. All she had was money. And so, as we talked about this, I can see her face getting tighter and tighter. I still remember it. About 45 minutes in, she turned to me and said quietly, I'm so sick of this place. It doesn't seem like we can ever truly leave for a few days. It just follows this this business. She said it's like a stone around her necks. And it's because they'd never actually dual tracked. They'd never done anything to get themselves off that treadmill. So we began to freedom map their business and we got them to put together a strategic plan that would actually get them from, from where they were this year to where they wanted to be next year in a different place. Just some simple things. One, you know, what's the one big rock you want to crush this year? Little things like that. And uh, it was really fun to, to look at the transformation. A year later, they had freedom. And the point of that rant is they're not any different than they were when they started. They just had a different mindset and they had a different set of tools to get somewhere new. So dual tracking is really important for us. Don't wait to dual track. They could have gotten off the treadmill. That's what Samantha said. She could have gotten off the treadmill 18 years ago or really three or four years into the business if she just had the right mindset of figuring out how to build a business instead of just make money. And that's really encouraging because we may have people, business owners listening that have been in business for a really long time and they think I can't possibly change what I do. And yet you just gave an example of somebody who'd been in business for several years that shifted some things and they were able to dual track and they were able to create more freedom and more choice. And honestly, isn't that why we all get into business in the first place? I mean, we say, well, I'm going to work hard and make some money, but that's not really why we start a business. We really start a business. If we really look at it is we want the freedom to choose how we live our life in every aspect. And our business ought to be that vehicle to help us do that. And we have to dual track in order to get there. Otherwise we just buy a job in our own company, right? And we're a slave to our own, our own job. That's usually what happens. We just reproduce what we didn't want when we left Giant Corporation Incorporated. I don't want a job, so I quit. I want freedom. I want to be my own boss. You build something and uh, you end up 
really not even be able to take the two weeks that you normally got with the other company. If you take it, it's a whole different thing because with the other company, you didn't take it with you. And you go home on the weekend, you go home, go on a two-week vacation, you take it with you. So this dual tracking thing is meant to give us freedom. So this idea of dual tracking leads us into the question of why businesses fail. I read a study from the University of Tennessee probably 10 or 15 years ago, and they studied uh, like, I don't know, 50 different reasons that businesses fail. And they put percentages on how many of businesses failed based on this one and this one and that one and this one. And as I read through the whole study, I realized that probably 1% of the reasons businesses failed were out of the, the, the control of the business owner. Most experts say businesses, you know, 50% of businesses fail in the first five years. And the SBA says 80% fail in 10 years. Don't believe them. It's not true. Very few businesses truly fail, meaning there's some outside force that causes them to, to die. Probably fewer than 5%, maybe just 1%. What really happens? The business owner gets tired because they're focused on the tyranny of the urgent. They're not dual tracking. They're reacting to their business and living on a treadmill day after month after year. And when you get tired, you stop paying attention to the important things. And that results in failure. So yes, businesses fail. In the University of Tennessee study would say things like, you know, 15 or 20% of businesses fail because they don't have enough uh, sales. Well, they had enough sales. They had enough sales to get where they were, but all of a sudden they don't have enough sales. What happened? Well, I'm gonna say somebody got tired or the quality went down or the processes didn't work, or fill in the blank. There's all kinds of reasons why, but most of them have to do with the business owner just couldn't do it any longer. There's too many balls to keep in the air. If you're trying to do it yourself all the time, it's too much. Unless you want to just have a hobby business or a very, very small income producing environment, not a business, it's going to wear you out. So businesses don't fail business owners get tired, and then the things that they're supposed to be doing, they stop doing. And we measure the things they were supposed to be doing and say, well, it failed because of sales. No, it didn't. So the pundits measure the final problem. You know, not enough clients, not enough funding, too many employees, poor quality control, going after the wrong market. And they declare those as the reason that failed, but all these are just symptoms. The real cause is you got tired. The treadmill is a very exhausting and demoralizing place to live. If you don't know how to get off of it, it's, it's like being a hostage. The reason we use that analogy, I'll say it again, is because a hostage never knows when they're going to get freedom. Even a prisoner knows when they're going to get freedom. We're not prisoners of our businesses. In most cases, we're hostages. I don't like this situation. I'm not making the rules. I'm, a, I'm having to respond to everybody else's rules, and I got no idea how or when this will ever end. Uh, is it any wonder we get tired? Being a hostage, I have a, this from a very uh, fancy cycle babble friend of mine. Being a hostage is probably one of the worst, if not the worst condition that a human being can undergo. And she says, the, she taught me this phrase 10 or 15 years ago, the worst of human conditions is uncertainty. And when you don't have any idea how you will get off the treadmill, 
you have uncertainty and you feel like a hostage. So uh, in, in our future podcast, we're going to talk about how it's not, it's not easy, but it is simple to get off the treadmill because the profound things are always simple. So we're going to talk about how to get both time and money from your business and how to build a mature business that makes money when you're not there and a lot of other fun stuff. That's great. Thanks, Chuck. And look forward to our next time together. This is another episode of Get Off the Treadmill podcast for business leaders. See you next time. Thanks for joining us today. If this podcast was helpful, please subscribe by computer or phone or connect with us at www.the3to5club.com. Discover how you can get off the treadmill, make more money and find more meaning by contacting us at grow at 3to5club.com.